Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Are you looking to sell or buy your home or looking for an investment property? Look no further. BlackWealthRenaissance.com offers a free realtor directory with realtors located across the country to help you meet your goals. Just go to BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. That's BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. Do you have bad credit and minimum capital and want to get started in real estate? Hi, we're We're the the Mobile mobile Home home Elite Elite Investors. Investors. Our e-course solves all of those problems by giving you all the strategies and secrets to become a successful mobile home investor. Tune in at www.mobilehomeeliteinvestors.com. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to episode 29 of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. It's your boy, David Bellard, one for the Black Wealth Renaissance, checking in with my co-host, fellas. What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Jalen, checking in. How y'all doing today, fellas? What's good, Jalen? Kelly, checking in. What's yeah. good, Kelly? How you living, man? How's everything out there in Texas, bro? Man, just working, man, you know, in the, inside the oil field. Never stops, sadly. I know, man. You ain't had no crazy incidents or anything yeah. come up this week, huh? No fingers. Not, not crazy. Yeah. I wouldn't say crazy. Right. We've had some incidents, but not crazy. All right. That's good, man. Great to hear, man. You love to hear What about you, man? How's teaching and everything? Uh, what, this is what, your third weekend? Yeah, man. This How's teaching going for you, weekend. bro? It's, it's different. Let me tell you that. It's definitely different. Uh, it's cool to be able to impact the youth. Mm-hmm. I get to be... I get to really see where they mind at and kind of put some things in their head as well as teach them. But it's definitely a challenge. Didn't expect for all this that came with it. It was a lot more than I thought. And I was like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to just go do this teaching thing. And I'm like, whoa. Nah, not like, like you thought. Oh, yeah. But it's a grind. I like it. I like it. It's, it's grind. How about yeah. you, bro? We've been cooking in your neighborhood. Man, selling cars, man. It's, it's good back to be back in the industry, just selling cars. Been back for about a month now, and I've been doing pretty good, man. But we could get into this episode, yeah, man. I'm yeah, excited yeah. to get into this episode. Yeah. <laughs> to the episode, I do want to mention that unfortunately, our brother Jared cannot make this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Our brother Jared is at work. He works that railroad lifestyle, so he's starting to be on call, man. So it's gonna be kind of, kind of more difficult to get him on the podcast. But he's always with us. In spirit. We're gonna rock it out. Yeah. yeah, we got another special episode for y'all. Uh, this one is, is cool because yeah, it's, it's like the, the root cool, of it. It all started in the DMs, and it's like, dang, that's crazy. And now we got a guy that was we used to look up to like his kids. Like, out there, you know, everybody wants to be a little hooper. And yeah. now you get to see an NBA player reach out back to you, former NBA player, uh, Mr. Josh Childers, man. What's up, man? How you doing, bro? What's good, fellas? How y'all doing, man? I'm good out here. I'm I'm out in Cali, so I'm uh, I'm sure the weather. That beautiful weather, huh? (laughs) Man, it's been raining off and on over here, man. How's it? How's everything in Cali? Everything is great. Great, great weather. Um, it's a good vibe out here. So uh, all is well. Life is good. 
Hey, that's what I like to hear, man. I definitely got to make my way out to Cali. Definitely. I got to experience that Cali weather. Every Everybody that I hear, they just love it. So, I just I actually just sold a, a car to a guy from Cali, and that was the first thing he told me. He was like, man, y'all weather is crazy. Like, so he said that's probably the top thing that he hates about me. Yeah. And, I mean, this is just, it's consistent, and it's, I mean, it's just a great place to live. Obviously, it's expensive as heck, but, um, you know, other than that, it's a great place to live. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Yes, but um, the way we normally just start off the podcast, we're going to get you just to introduce yourself to the audience for those who don't know who you are. Basically, mm-hmm. who are you? Um, how'd you get to where you were? And kind of just pretty much your backstory. Yeah. So, uh, Josh Childress. Uh, born and raised in Compton, California. Um, you know, lived my whole life in Southern California up until college, uh, which I uh, ended up getting a, a basketball scholarship to Stanford University. I spent three years there. And then from there, I got drafted to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, spent four years in Atlanta, and then um, ended up signing a, a contract over in Greece for two years. Um, lived in Greece, you know, traveled around Europe for a couple of years, uh, and then came back, signed with Phoenix for a few years, and then kind of bounced around the league after that, Phoenix, Brooklyn, um, New Orleans. And then from there, um, I signed a deal. I spent three years in uh, Australia and then two years in Japan. And then now I'm, now I'm back home and chilling. Man, that's a lot of – that's definitely a lot of international play, man. Yeah, so, man. So 15 years total, um, seven years international. Uh, so it was, it was a pretty good journey, pretty good ride. And now I'm, I'm now I'm in the big three, which is a dope, dope concept as well. Put on by Ice Cube and uh, I was about to say Ice Cube is uh, over there, right? Yep, Ice Cube, LL Cool J, and a few other people. So it's uh, definitely the league has grown in the last three years since I've been involved, and uh, it's going to continue to grow. It's a great product, and they're doing a great job. So. Yeah, man, I love to see it. I remember uh, they were trying to get that TV deal done too. I think it was through Comcast or whatever. They were trying to get, uh, they're trying to buy a broadcasting station. I hate that it fell through, but uh, that was definitely going to be a major, major power play and a major move if it would have went through. But yeah, still they're, they're still fighting for it actually. So um, there's some other, there's some some legal drama that I don't know enough about to speak on, but I know that they're going to still fight for it because, uh, you know, it's, it's a major play to be a minority-owned, um, you know, broadcasting channel and, you know, to be able to broadcast uh, locally uh, across the country is, is major for, for us as a league. Um, you know, we got picked up by CBS this year, which was yeah. big time, uh, but that's still not ownership, right? And so ownership would be, um, you know, even more of a major play. So, um, I know they mentioned they were going to keep fighting for it, so I hope that we were able to get it. Hey, man, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I definitely hope it uh, happens because I'd love to see it happen. For sure, for sure. Um, so, like like you said, man, what's been your favorite country that you traveled to, man? I, I just want to know and played yeah, yeah. for. Uh, favorite country I've traveled to was um, – oh, I got a chance to go to uh, South Africa, which was which was pretty dope. Um, and I did that through the NBA, through the uh, basketball without borders. Um, but outside of that, living in Australia was pretty cool. Um, it's a cool vibe out there. And uh, when I played in Greece, we had to travel all around Europe. So I really enjoyed um, enjoyed that part of it. Greece in the summer is dope. <laughs> uh, but also, you know, some of those other cities, you know, Israel over there, you know, we played against Tel Aviv. Um, you know, we played in dang near every country you can think of over there. So it was a great experience from a life perspective for me. Hey, that's dope. And I'm glad you mentioned South Africa too, because didn't the NBA just uh, launch a league in yeah, Africa, yeah. right? Yeah, launching it. So um, major upset to the league for that, because that's that's a, a power play. And there's so many um, untapped resources there, not only financially, but uh, from a, a player perspective, from yeah, a talent from perspective. standpoint. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then the league has been investing in Africa for a minute, um, you know, putting on those basketball with our border programs. Um, they usually are able to, to bring some of those kids over here to get college scholarships uh, and, and beyond. Um, and so, I mean, that's obviously big time for for, uh, for those kids over there. And, and um, you know, I just I'm appreciative of being able to do it. But 
I just think that they've done a great job with it. So, yeah, man. Whenever I hear about flourishers too, I mean, I know that um, they brought in some good people. Um, you know, good uh, people that are tied to the NBA. You know, that have African roots. So I know that they're going to try and do everything they can to make it successful. Yeah, man, that's going to that's gonna be really dope, actually, to just watch it expand. Actually, I feel like basketball is just going to develop. It's, it's going to be pretty beautiful. I feel like yeah. you see it coming close to soccer within the next few years. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Really for growth. But Josh, my man. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. The basketball talk is nice. I love the basketball talk. I got to get back to the, the go, BWR go, go, bag go, talk, go. man. You know the bag. <laughs> so when you hit us up, the thing that was that stood out to us a lot was that you hit us up about an investment, right? And we always posting these things about different celebrities and investing and different people. So we just dug in a little bit more and seen that Josh is doing a lot of real dope stuff. Yeah. So, like, can we talk about that for a minute, a couple of your different ventures and just yeah. kind of talk about how you – making your moves in the community? Yeah, man. Um, so I'm, I'm in a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, so kind of my, my foundation right now has been real estate. I'm digging in on that end, uh, you know, acquiring properties. Uh, I just closed on a, a, a substantial commercial deal for me um, in Orange County, California uh, in, in August. Oh, wow. Congrats. Then, um, thank you. Which then, you know, I, th- I think made the local players um, take me more seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, and I got a lot of a lot of uh, interest and feedback and emails and all that stuff after that, um, because it's a it's a prime location out in Orange County, which is um, it's right across the street from uh, South Coast Plaza, which is the third largest or top five largest grocery mall in the country. Um, so it's a great A plus location. Um, and then I kind of parlayed that into, I'm working on this big development deal uh, out here in Orange County as well. I'm hoping that uh, we can win it from the city. We, we put a bid in, myself and my partner, Justin Davis, who um, was my college teammate and roommate at Stanford. Um, but it's a hundred acre site, you know, sports facilities, housing, retail, um, a little office space. There's going to be a massive project, um, you know, full of, uh, just dopeness. So <laughs> I love um, it, bro. Hey, I love yeah, it. And um, you know, that's that's one thing that I'm really kind of hoping that happens because um, you know, there's a ton of we talk we haven't talked about it on this show, but we talk about all the time with the gentrification happening all across the country. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a powerful narrative to, you know, to be able to uplift communities um as a person who looks like the people in those communities, right? And you don't see that too often. So um, that's a big goal for me. Uh, I'm working, being, me being from Compton, I'm working on doing some things there in that city. Uh, and then also up north in Stockton, California, um, with uh, uh, a mayor who's a Stanford guy, young black guy, um, super sharp, uh, Mayor Tubb. So um, that's kind of it right now from a real estate perspective, but it's, it's a lot. Um, outside of that, um, I got a lot of stuff going on, man. I've, I've invested in uh, digital media. I've invested in uh, restaurant franchises, uh, self-storage. Um, I have a, a kind of a lending arm that I'm doing right now for um, uh, commercial properties as well. Um, what else? Uh, solar finance over in Australia, solar power companies. Um, cannabis with Al Harrington, um, who's you know doing doing major things. Uh, so I got a few things going, man, and I'm, I'm excited about the opportunities, you know, in front of me, because uh, I think that, you know, this is a prime time for me to, you know, really take advantage of, of my platform. Man, so that's, that's amazing yeah, to hear, It really bro. is dope. Like, it's, it's amazing to see. Thank you. I like how you lead by example. What you got, Kelly? So what made you, like, get the switch to, hey, I, you know what, I need to actually start investing my money 
you know, was it the NBA money that you were bringing in or is it, was it somebody or is it a book you read? What, what was that, that mental change to say, Hey, I need to start investing my money. Yeah. Now I've, and I've been investing, you know, I played professionally 15 years and once that started, I was investing. Right. But I didn't necessarily take it as seriously until now. Um, I would do things passively, uh, you know, and, and just kind of collect the check, if you will. Uh, but I really realized that if I want to have longevity in this thing, if I want to really build wealth, um, I need to educate myself uh, first, you know, and, and continue to educate myself. So I actually just recently, um, I start, what's today, Monday, Tuesday, I start on Wednesday. I'm in a, a master's program in real estate at Georgetown. Um, so really just trying to kind of take that next step to educate. But, um, you know, I look up to, to certain guys. I see the thing that, that Robert Smith did, you know, at, at the HBCU. Um, you know, and you look around the, the country, you see, you know, the impact that people can have in communities. It's like, I want to do that, right? I want to I be that guy at some point. Um, you know, so I need to kind of grow. I need to grow my, my wealth. I need to grow my education level. Um, and um, just need to try to, you know, create that change in myself so that I can impact others. That's powerful. And I like how you say you, you look at Robert Smith and you look at him as inspiration. But being that you're a vet NBA player, you probably have some of those younger guys that's coming up right now that's like looking at you like, man, I want to do what Josh is doing. I want to be able to purchase a basketball team in Australia, or I want to be able to purchase uh, how many acres a uh, lot right across from one of the top grossing. Yeah, the A plus. Yeah, like, yeah. like it's great that you said, "Hey, let me learn and educate myself so I can go out and replicate and duplicate what I'm seeing other people do for other communities." So yeah. that's awesome that you're doing that. And yeah. it's, it's one more part that I want to touch on that you, that you talked about that we're really big on is the fact that you're going back to school to educate yourself. We're yeah. always talking about investing in yourself in education. It doesn't matter if it's college or if it's even a course yeah, from someone course. Who, who's successfully successful, doing something. Yeah, yeah. In, that, in that realm. But even you, as successful as you are, as all the – the accolades and the, all the of the investment that you have, yeah. you still see the importance of, hey, I still need to educate myself so I can have this longevity and growth within the career I want to, I chose. Absolutely. And part of the education process, is not, not, not for me, for sure, but it's also um, so that I can pass that down to the next person, right? And we talked about, you know, the younger guys, um, you know, and mentorship is is major. And I think that that's something that, you know, anybody should try to do to, you know, uplift somebody from where you're from or from somebody who uplift somebody who needs it. And so I can't do that if I don't know what I'm talking about, you know, and, you know, kind of probably, probably that into, you know, why I did it for this development deal. You know, this, this deal is a once in a lifetime opportunity, you know, a hundred acres in, you know, one of the, the wealthiest counties in the country. <coughs> um, and, I was fortunate enough to partner with two groups uh, that do this on a daily basis, right? This deal for them is another yeah. deal. Yeah. Right. But for myself and my partner, Justin, you know, this is our, our entry into, into this space, you know, and this is a, a once in a lifetime opportunity for us. And so I need to be able to make sure that I know what I'm doing, right? I know what I'm talking about, um, you know, and that I can, I can, you know, provide value to these other groups so that, that you know, when they want to do another deal like this, you know, they, they give us a call, you know. And so, um, you know, we talk about longevity, we talk about education. Um, I just think that it's, it's incredibly important to do all of those things, um, you know, to make sure that you can replicate your system, right? I mean, even if, I, even if this deal does come off, if I can't do another one, yeah, I have one great deal, but, you know, there's, there's a fall off after that. So I want to be able to, to know what I'm doing, know why I'm doing it, you know, know what the market is telling me and then replicate it across the country. I'm, I'm glad you said a couple of things that I just want to touch on because it's something that we always harp on when it comes to, you mentioned mentorship and taking the knowledge you have and giving it back to people. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you also mentioned how you went out and got that knowledge to get it right. So for the deal, 
you went and you worked with some people. That's one thing we always harp on, teamwork. You can't be the head honcho all the time. It's much better for you to get 40% of a big deal than 100% of a little deal. Like, it's just that, that, that concept in itself and then the fact that you did it so that not only you could get the capital, but you also got the knowledge. Like you worked with them and you got what you needed out of the situation and then like just took advantage of it. And now going forward, you're much more confident to do another deal like that. Right. And one of the things that this deal will provide for us is credibility, right? And so yeah, sure. this deal with companies who, you know, both of these companies collectively probably have, you know, 15 to 20,000 units, um, you know, under their corporate umbrellas, you know, and so, you know, they're doing it, right? And, yeah. and um, you know, for us, this is, this is an opportunity, um, you know, to, to, to leverage relationships to make a deal happen. And I think, you know, part of that mentorship process, you know, is, you know, once you kind of, I guess, pay it forward, if you will, and, you know, help somebody else out, things just seem to happen. You know, I mean, you could call it karma, you could call it whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I just think that it's important um, from that perspective, too, is just, you know, you give and you get, right? And it, it, people don't really think that well all the time, but that's the reality of it. You know, if you're out there giving, doing things to the community, you know, um, you know, doing things for the homeless, what have you, good things just start to happen. So, um, and that's not the reason you should do it, but it's just, a, it just happens. It's just a reality. So, yeah. It's basically like the law of attraction though. You, you get back what you put out, yeah. but honestly you see it though, because you can look at just a person that's doing well in life. Like, why are they doing well? If you following them around, you might not know they're, they're doing small things that you might look over, but, it's just an act of kindness towards somebody else. And that's why God in the universe rewards those people. Mm. Absolutely. That's powerful. You spoke on mentorship and I, and I, we, on this show, we really talk heavily with personal finance and in the NBA, do they have a person that comes to talk to y'all in the NBA about personal finance or is it just something you learn from somebody, an older veteran or somebody like a uh, agent or something? Yeah, so the, the NBA Players Union uh, actually has seminars. They come and talk to guys about personal finance. <clears throat> but um, I think that there is a conflict of interest, right, where they can't talk too much. And um, I think in addition to that, you know, notoriously as a community, especially the black community, we're always pretty closed off about finances, right? Yeah. And, and nobody really wants to talk about it. And, you know, even in the league, I, I think, you know, you got a team full of guys that, you know, the roster is $100 million a year and nobody does deals together. Nobody builds together. And I think it's just, just a competitive thing where I got to hold on to everything for myself. You know, if I got a good deal, I got to, you know, kind of keep it to myself. Um, but that's also due to, you know, financial advisors too. Financial advisors want guys to make sure that they keep as much money, you know, in-house as possible because the more they manage, the more they get paid. Um, but I think, uh, the league is doing more to try and educate guys. And, and like, for example, this, this school program that I'm doing, the master's program, like the league pays for that. Right. And so, um, you know, providing platforms and opportunities and seminars in the summer career summits, um, all that stuff, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to do the right things to make sure that guys are as educated as possible and are able to take advantage of, you know, their opportunities financially having made, you know, the money that they've made. Man, that's awesome. I that's did amazing. not know that yeah, they did, did that. So big ups to y'all. Man. Yeah. That's dope though that they, they pay for the school too. Like for the Yeah, I mean it's, it's they give you so after you're done playing, they give you like a window. It's a you know, I don't know, seven years, ten years, whatever it is. Um, but then you have to like I have to actually have to pay for it up front. And then I have to show them that I pass the courses and then they refund me. So it's not like they're just handing out money. They actually make making sure that you're you're doing what you're supposed to do and taking care of business. Um so that gives me incentive, obviously, because I know that I'll get that money back if I, you know, take care of my courses. That's still awesome yeah, though, man. Yeah. And I like how you said the league is doing more too, because you see a lot of a lot more 
players in the league starting to invest. And you see a lot more player stories. You got this person investing in this. And I know how you just talked about, like, even some teammates, they don't want to get on deals. I know there's a video where it was Draymond Green. They were talking about how in the locker room they were saying, hey, I'm in on this deal. I'm in on that deal. And we had we we had published that that video. We put it on the page, and I think it was something about the Warriors isn't just a championship team championship on culture. yeah, it's a championship culture yeah. because they were talking about investing together. So yeah. instead of just winning on the court, they're starting to win off the court together and actually having that impact. Yeah, and that starts with leadership. I mean, you have you know a, amazing uh, you know ownership group and then you have players that you know have an ownership mindset so you know if you have Steph Curry, KD, Draymond, Clay, um, you know all those guys like talking business in the locker room I mean it's natural for everybody to yeah want to do stuff together you know so um, I, I'm, I haven't seen that video but it's powerful that, that you know they're talking about that and that they're trying to make moves together because you know there is power in numbers right and and I think too often, yeah, we, we don't take advantage of that. So, And I think we don't take advantage of it because we look at the situations that happened before or we let people's fear from previous dealings. Let talk, yeah, talk you out of, out of always, going to yeah, it. Come back to self-limiting beliefs. We let other people project their self-limiting beliefs onto us and yeah. then we just stop doing what we, what we know we could do Yeah, a lot of the time. And most of those people don't know what they're doing or, you know, or, or like didn't educate themselves or, or what have you. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree with that. It's that's, like, that's one of the main reasons we started this to show people, Hey, this is possible. Yeah. People are doing it. So <laughs> why not? What's going to, what, what, what's going to happen if you, if we do do it together, because we haven't been doing it together for 200 years now. So yeah. what's going to happen? If we do decide to say let's let's work together, right, right. I mean, we 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 change our communities instantly. You know, imagine all that stuff in our communities, all the the, the restaurants, the grocery stores, gas stations, all that stuff being owned by you know people of, of color. It's, I mean, it's instant change, right? And then our schools get better, our roads get better, our community centers get better. You know. Sports isn't the only way out anymore, you know, and it's just, it just changes the narrative completely. So, um, you know, but that takes a buy-in that I just think people seem to be too competitive to, to really commit to. Is either too competitive or they care too much about the image that they have to uphold. Yeah. It's so. one of those two, whenever you, whenever you're trying to get through to somebody who isn't, financially woke or financially literate to what is out there and what's possible. Right. So, and, and I think part of that too is people think they know it all, right? Instead of having a growth mindset and understanding that there's so much more to learn, um, you know, and that you need to c consistently try and grow your mind, grow yourself financially, spiritually, uh, emotionally, you know, and just be consistent about it. Right. And, and I think that, as a culture, um, you know, we get, we get caught up in trends. We get caught up in, in um, you know, trying to follow the next guy as opposed to, you know, sitting down, having a real conversation. Hey, what do you got going on? You know, let's build something, you know, together. I want to see you eat, so it's great that we can all eat together, you know, as opposed to let me eat while you over here starving, which is usually over competition. Exactly. Abundance yeah. mindset. It's too much bread out here for us to be trying to take it all for yourself, man. Too much bread, man. I give you. I mean, we got. I got stories on that stuff, but like, you know, I talk to people, and you know, I got guys like, yeah, man, I, you know, we raised 150 million dollars in a week to do a deal, right? And you know, that's the kind of stuff right there where there's money out there all day. You know, I mean, there's fifty thousand dollars. Me, um, hold me, on, 150 million, million dollars million. in a week <laughs> to do a deal. Just to do a deal. I mean, the, the, when you're when you're talking in these in these in a different circle, 
right? I mean, money is different. Like I got, you know, I've, I've been in, in rooms, I've been in conversations where, you know, a company won't invest less than a hundred million other, you know, or it's, it's the deal is too small. You know, so you, you start to kind of hear that stuff and then you think about how often, you know, we think that there's a scarcity of, of money out there and it's not, you know, money, money to be made everywhere, anywhere, you know, it's just about, you know, finding your niche and, and doing it the right way. Hey, you speaking, you speaking yeah. some stuff right there. Like we always preach about niching down yeah. because you can't be too, too widely diversified because once you niche down, that's you find out that's one way you connect with a certain particular you group of people. Yeah. You create your own lane. You can cater to those people. And then once you niche down, you can actually pinpoint what those people want. And it gives you the ability to expand and grow beyond your niche. Yeah. Because now you have people saying, hey, these people are really good with this. Yeah. Yep. This is really good. So now it, it helps you grow whenever you start small and go smaller first. And it opens you up to collaboration as well. Because yep. now that you're so niche down and you're so particular in what you got, you got your own thing going. Now you can work with other people and spread it even twice as much. You got people referring you and you working with other people who have similar networks and you just grown. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, and your circles get different, right? I mean, part of, the, part of the reason why I think most guys invest in sports teams is number one, optically, you know, they, they get treated differently. You go into a city, you know, hey, I'm the owner of such and such. Um, you know, you're sitting at the table with, you know, who's who of, of that city. Um, you know, NBA owners get together, you know, a couple times a year and, and talk. And, you know, I mean, in those conversations, who knows what kind of deals are happening, what kind of money's being made. Um, Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, you know, you start to invest and, you know, and grow your net worth, but also change your circle, um, you know, or broaden your circle, what have you. Um, you know, you're getting privy to different conversations, different ideas, um, you know, different lanes that you don't even think about. So. Yeah, I mean, opportunities are endless. It's just a matter of kind of, you know, obviously niching down, like you guys said, but, um, you know, but also networking as well. And that's something else that we talk about, too. Like you said, broadening a circle, your top five, expanding like your top five, the top five that you actually, that you're around all the time. You are the top five people that you're around. So if you want to go big, I'm pretty sure now, like you said, you got this deal. So now you have to be around these people a little bit more so you can get this deal done. But now, since you're around those people so much more, now, like you said, that experience that's going to be shined upon you, you're going to be able to really just take it and you're going to be able to learn from all of those people that's in there. And everybody will be able to offer you from their past experiences. You might have a guy that's done a deal like this 10 times and you mm-hmm. might have this person that's done a deal similar to this, but in a totally different country. And mm-hmm. now you can even bring those two together. You might have them take an architect from this country while they're taking different type of methods from this country. And it's just, it's great once you, you're able to really reflect and grow from just yeah, finding different people in your network. Right. Network. And so just to kind of add to what you said, so one of the things that happened when you know, my name was on that, it's called an RFP, which is Request for Proposal. So when my name and my company's name was on that, you know, I then, you know, was in a circle of conversation that I wasn't in before, right? You know, I'm trying this thing at development, um, you know, and I was talking to a good friend of mine uh, and, you know, he had a, he had a meeting with uh, Daryl um, Daryl Carter, who's a, a massive affordable housing developer here in uh, Southern California. Uh, a brother who, you know, has, I don't know how big of a portfolio, but it's, it's substantial. Right. And he was talking to him and he mentioned my name. He's like, Oh yeah, I, I heard Josh is doing such and such, right. Josh is doing the, you know, the Willowwood project. And that right there for me, you know, being in that, in that situation, being an opportunity and then having that carry over into my name is now, you know, on the mind of a guy who, 
you know, has a, a massive portfolio and done major things was like meant the world to me. Right. And, you know, if this deal happens, if it doesn't happen, I know that now I can go to him and he feels that I'm credible because, you know, I've been able to partner with two credible partners, um, you know, and maybe we do something together or maybe we do something together regardless. Um, you know, but that's what we're talking about. Just kind of that building, man. And that credibility comes from you putting in the work, though. Because a lot of yeah. people, I feel like that's what a lot of people lack at too. They don't, they don't put in enough work to become credible. They want that microwave treatment where it's like, hey, I'm good at this. I haven't shown anybody I'm good at this, but I'm, I'm really good at it. Let me just show you. But you don't have a portfolio. You haven't really put in the work. You're not providing any value to anybody. You're not able, you're not willing to take a step back and take a hit and say, let me not just do this for profit. Let me do this for my purpose for where I can grow. Mm. 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 For sure. And, and I think one thing that I want, I want to make clear is, you know, as you mentioned, not doing it for profit. Right. <clears throat> and, you know, this is kind of cliche, but people say it all the time. If you, do things with passion and if you um you know put your energy and your effort into something wholeheartedly you know the profits will come right yeah. um, but i think it's more powerful for myself and my partner justin that we do this uh to change the narrative and to uplift the communities right he's from i'm from compton he's from oakland um you know and that's how this whole thing started with us was we got to get back in our community and make something happen right you know the gentrification is happening why why not allow us to you know be a part of it um, and not from a, a perspective of pushing our people out but you know providing value to the community you know building community centers creating tech programs sports programs you know educational programs um you know and you know hopefully getting a, a kid an opportunity to you know go to college you know on a scholarship or just create a business or you know any of that stuff so um that's our main focus we feel like you know the rest of it will happen after that i think it takes time for people to understand that like to get that mind switch of hey i'm gonna do this to help out the community instead of for profit the profit will come i think that that mind switch just takes time for people to understand that the profit will come after you've done what you've done for the community the community mm -hmm. will benefit from it and they'll be willing to partner with you to give you money to for your services or what you've done for the community but it's just gonna mm -hmm for that mind switch to happen. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I see somebody else join. Yeah, What's up, brother? Yeah. Jared, it's so Jared. nice to see you to join us, my brother. Jared. Hey, you know, I was going to try to come in all quietly and whatnot. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. We had to, to yell you out. But, yeah, that's our boy, Jared, Josh. We've been having a fire conversation. And now we about to pivot to something new because we got to get back to it. That, that, the team that Jalen mentioned earlier. Yeah. I tried to just, I yeah, tried yeah. to just drive yeah, a little foreshadowing, <laughs> you know, you come back to it, man. Yeah, that team in Australia, man, that was something that we posted on the page. Uh, we had spoke about it after you had told us about it. I was like, man, this is dope. So we posted about it. Uh, you, Al Harrington, and Zebo, right? Y'all yep. followed up and bought a team in Australia. How did y'all do that? <laughs> well, um, we there are other members of that entity right so okay. the majority owner is a, a guy uh, by the name of Romy Chowdhury mm -hmm. uh, he's part owner part owner of uh Swansea City a soccer team in uh in uh, England yeah. he's part owner of DC United uh here in the states um and uh he approached us and said and we've done deals together with him before I've done some real estate deals with him um, you know, Al has done some cannabis stuff with him. And then I think he's just cool with Zach. I don't know if Zach's done any deals with him or whatever, but, um, I said, Hey, I'm thinking about buying this team. Are you guys interested? And I spent three years over there. Uh, and then Al came over, I hurt my, I broke my hand. And so I said, Hey, yo, you want to come over, you know, and get like a month, month vacation, come hoop, come, you know, kind of travel around Australia. So he came over for a month, you know, and, and replaced me, uh, you know, and hooped over there. He loved it over there. And so, you know, we knew that the league was growing and Australian basketball as a whole is growing. And it's just a dope opportunity for us. You know, so we all went in together, um, you know, bought the team as a brand new team. So, you know, we're trying to 
you know, we're, we're going to, you know, uh, start the season. I think October 3rd is our first game. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a cool, cool move for us, man. I mean, it's, it was awesome for us to, to go from, you know, playing for teams and all that stuff to now, you know, sitting up top and, and not from like a dictator perspective, but just, you know, owning something, right. You know, we talk about ownership all the time on, on the platform. So, um, you know, it was also a, a really cool opportunity for us to do that. And, and uh, I'm happy we did it. I also think it's pretty cool because now you're able to say, hey, I remember whenever I was playing, I might have wanted things like this or like that. So the players might feel more comfortable to say, hey, let me go talk to these guys. They'll understand what's going on. And then they also have a direct tie to someone who has experience who can help them get better too. So that's pretty awesome, man. For sure, for sure. I mean, those guys I play against or with some of the guys on the team, right? So they know, they know me. They know, you know, what I'm about. And, you know, they knew that, you know, I was serious about my business while I was over there. You know, one of the things that uh, I learned early on in the NBA was, you know, you, you dress professionally, you know, and you, you show up, you know, professional, right? And so every game I was in, not a suit and tie, because that's just not really the culture out there, but, you know, I was, I was dressed professionally. I, was, I came like, like it was, you know, business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had conversations with guys over there all the time about, you know, changing their mindset, changing the narrative, you know, making sure that you understand that, you know, you have a, a expiration date on your career. And so, you know, make sure that you prepare yourself, you know, for when that happens and, you know, and, uh, you know, continue to, I guess, build and grow because you know that there has to be a phase two and phase three and, and beyond. So, yeah. <laughs> have you ever ran into like any obstacles or, or any benefits maybe? Of that you've seen from being from a player to a, being an owner, is there any obstacles or any benefits that you've seen that you never would have thought of um, when you were playing, the, uh, actually playing the game of basketball? Uh, yeah, so I guess the the obstacle was that then I was and I, I don't I don't I don't market myself right, so I don't I don't post a lot of stuff on what I'm doing all that stuff, um, but when that happened. Not posted that. Um, I got a ton of ton of guys asking me for jobs, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, it's not like a, a negative, but it's just one of those things where like I don't have the capacity to take take all that on and you know and manage all that and stuff. Um, but the, the biggest benefit has been, um, you know, we talked about changing the narrative and just optically speaking, like you know, people view me differently, right? Especially in Australia. You know, I walk into and, and I haven't been over there yet, but I'm going to go to our first home game. Is you know, I walk into that that arena, you know, and, and sit in that ownership suite, the owner suite, uh, and it's different, right? And I'm talking to sponsors, and I'm, <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm talking about setting up meetings here and you know doing this deal here, and and so you know, people just change their mentality towards you and how they think about you when they hear owner, right? It's just it's just natural. It just hit you know, different. Yeah, yeah, it just is different, like you said. And um, so that's been the biggest, I guess, positive for me. Um, you know, like even just today, I got a company from over there to just hit me up and say, hey, you know, I would love to speak with your team about uh, sponsorship, right? That that conversation wasn't happening before, right? So, you know, that's that and that and that perspective, you know, and then you probably that into, hey, what are you guys doing? Let me see. Let me hear about it. You know, who knows what could happen? I love it, bro. Yeah, yeah. You got me fired up in this five, yeah, man. Yeah, man, because I want me to own some shit and leverage this shit and own most shit. That's, that's what it seems like, man. Okay. I know we talked about earlier, like you you were saying, getting your foot in the door just so you can have more people. I kind of want to pivot to the Jay-Z topic with the NFL. I don't know if the deal – I don't. I think last time I said saw something was like the deal wasn't happening. Yeah. But even for me, just looking at it, a lot of people were like on his back for him even trying to take ownership in the NFL. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at it from your perspective. You have to have somebody in there yeah. in order to say, "Hey, let me get some more of us in here." For sure. So for I look sure. at it from that viewpoint from his from his perspective. I felt like he was. He didn't take the deal to be bashful or anything towards Colin, but to say, hey, let me help liberate and build up my people within this organization. 
Yeah. yeah I, I would agree with you there. Um, and speaking of that, I, I'm actually in a, in a, an investment with Jay-Z, which is called the Promise Network. Which is wow. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's like, what is it? It's over there. Sprinkle that in there real quick. We're going to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I think you, you're spot on in saying we can't make change without ownership. We can't make change in our communities. We can't make change, you know, in an organization as big as the NFL if we don't have a seat at the table, right? Now, I know people don't really like the method, you know, that he took to, to do that, um, you know, or they felt like he should have stood behind, you know, Kyle Lynn and, you know, continue to, um, you know, protest the social injustice uh, stuff, that, you know, like the rest of us are, have been trying to do. But at the same time, you can't impact change. You can't create change without a seat at the table, right? And so, um, I understand both sides. Uh, you know, I can't say that I fault people for being mad and I can't say that I fault him for doing what he did. Um, you know, because that's what he felt he had to do. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I think too often as a, as a community, we think a march, a protest, you know, all that stuff is going to, is going to change something. And it's not, you know, you have to, it's either you got enough money to change it or you got a seat at the table, um, you know, and you can, you know, make your moves within that, that, that structure uh, to change it. Right. I mean, if he's now in, and I don't know if he's going to be an owner or not, but if he's in that ownership meeting with the other, you know, teams in NFL, you know, maybe you can have those conversations, you know, maybe that in that room. Right. Right. And that's, that's powerful. That's right. Powerful. And, 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 that's where you start to be able to make that impact. Um, you know, you can't do that from the outside looking in. Because even then, you might have an option where he's like, man, they might be trying to overcome a, a problem. Jigger could be like, hey, I know a guy. Right. Then you're like, oh, we about to get into some shit now. Right. Like, hey, guys, right. let's, yeah. let's show them the value we can bring, and then you can start to change the narrative, like you said, once we own this. Yeah, and, and you know, in addition to that, let's say, I don't know, throw out a team. I don't know what team he would try to own if he could. But, um, you know, then he can bring other people in, right? So if he comes in, then what stops him from trying to figure out how to bring Diddy in or Drake in or, you know, what have you. And then you start to really, you know, create that, <coughs> that impact through diversity and through bringing us, you know, a seat and then multiple seats. Yeah. So I don't know why he did it. I don't know what his thoughts were, but I mean that's my thought on it. Yeah. Honestly, I don't see how people are mad at this. I don't like it. it don't it's just like it's it's a so solutions oriented that like it's crazy to me that people would think otherwise. It's like okay, we've been doing like you said. We like to think the march, the protests. We've been doing this shit for how long? Does this shit work? What results have we seen? Nothing. We've okay, so Cap took the knee. He he lost the job. He brought awareness. What's the next step? That's that like what's right. the next step? After awareness, you have to take the action. The action always right. always gotta take the next step. And I'm just glad that like people are doing it, but I don't understand how people don't see that. Like I guess it's just too much of an emotional thing for some people. Yeah. I mean the next step is either become a part of the NFL you know, as a, as a community or create your own, yeah. I mean, right? And nobody has created our own. I think uh, Master P is trying, right? Yeah, Master P is trying. Master P is yeah. trying. Um, you know, so that would be the other thing you could do, but, um, you know, until like, that happens. Like, even uh, the XFL, like, the NFL, I just look at it as a freight train. Like, mm -hmm. what you going to do? Because we can say, hey, we're going to protest, we're going to boycott. But the minute that a really exciting game or a big anticipated game comes on, you turn in the TV. On. They're watching it. So you can't say, hey, we're not giving them our money. You're giving them your viewership, which in turn turns to money for right. them. Right. So you you have to take an action somehow. So you can't just say, I'm not I'm gonna just watch the show, but I'm not gonna really do anything. I'm not gonna buy that gear. You're still you're still helping them out somehow. Yeah. The only way that you could really do something in the NFL is if all the players, all the black players, mm -hmm. just sat out. That's the only way you could really make, you know what I'm saying? So, like, 
And unless I, that happens, I don't see it. No, I, I don't see it happening either. I mean, you know, dudes work their whole lives to try to get to that yeah, point. Yeah. You know, they got to provide for their families, all that stuff. So, but that's the only way I think that you could really like get the attention, uh, you know, of the league as a whole. I, I do want to go on a tangent though, because you mentioned that the whole athlete sitting out, it's ridiculous to me the amount of people that honestly expect that. Like that's their expectation. The athletes should sit out, but I could still watch the game on Sunday. Yeah. Like what the hell? Yeah. Like what are you tuning in for then? What the hell? Like, <laughs> your brain and, and you know these same people wouldn't take a day or two off of work to go. You know, sit at a rally or you know a protest or whatever. Yeah. So they gonna ride by. That's, that's one of the problems. They they see it as like a hobby. They don't see it as people. This is their people's livelihood. This is people's jobs. So they put food yeah. on the table for their family. Like this yeah. is not just some game that they're playing. This is their job. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and the hours, I mean, you, you go from, I started playing basketball when I was, you know, seven years old, right? And I worked all that time to get to this one point, you know, and I'm able to now provide for myself and my family after all those hours, those, you know, 10,000, 20,000, whatever it is, hours of work. And I'm just going to sit because you're emotional about something, you know, that and and reality they'll probably find somebody else that can come in and and you know take that job you know some some other guy that that they will you know what i mean so it's like because like you said people want to feed their family like right. you're not gonna do it i'll go give 200 million dollars to this person and they'll do it right right and that's that's i mean that the contracts that we're talking here i mean it's it's generational wealth if you handle it right yeah, tumbling back these days, not fumbling. <laughs> like, like, it's hard not to, man. I'm gonna be real with you. It's, it's hard not to, to be honest. You know, when you 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 know come through. I mean, I, I didn't know how to write a check until I was 19. You know, what I'm saying it's just you know our our educational system isn't set up for us to really understand finances. You know, now now you you have a little bit more of that uh, you know available to you with social media and with the internet and all that stuff, but. You know, I had a little savings account, you know, in, in college and stuff, but I didn't know anything about money. You know, and I'm still learning, still learning, obviously. But, you know, that's, that's where you see a lot of a lot of us, a lot of people in general, you know, start college or finish college with a ton of a ton of debt and have a, a difficult uh, time, you know, paying it off because, you know, we didn't plan ahead. We didn't know what we were doing, all that stuff. Right. And so, you know, it, that, I think that's a, a whole nother conversation, but, um, you know, the education piece, you know, around, uh, you know, finances is, is crucial at a young age. Yeah, definitely crucial. I don't know about y'all. I don't know if y'all got that as kids. I didn't. Uh, no, 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 that's why we started. Yeah, man, this we stumbled upon financial education. Like we, we all kind of like entrepreneurially inclined. Like we have our little, like our ways and things like that. Yep. Jerry hit rich dad, poor dad, like in April. We we all finally read it by like August, by October, this is up. Like we started okay. Black World Renaissance. Like yeah. just like we need this information out there to more people because yeah. financial literacy is is something that I wish I learned when I was like 14. Yeah. I'll be an animal right now if I learned this when I was 14. <laughs> I'll be a pit, son. For <laughs> real. Like even if I'd have learned this at 18, fresh out of high school. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. College would have looked a lot different. College would have definitely looked a lot different. So one of my mentors, this guy by the name of Tony Jans out in Australia, um, super sharp guy. He's done it at the highest level you know, work with, you know, the top of the top companies in the world. And, um, you know, his son was at all the meetings, right? His son was 17, 18, you know, what have you. So, you know, he, he starts college with a clear plan. You know, he, he graduates college, you know, and, you know, is so far ahead of the game because his dad taught him all these principles early, right? Where, you know, he can step into a company now 
and get, you know, a six figure job and not even think twice about it. Um, you know, but he's, he's working, doing a bunch of other projects, just kind of do what he wants to do. Uh, but I mean, that early education, I mean, it's, it's crucial, crucial. And that's so the one percent keeps on widening its gap because sure. they understand the, the importance of acquisition of wealth. I need to teach my child this. Yeah, I need my child to understand this is the supply chain of our business. This is sure. how our business works. Hey, let me take you to the manufacturer. Let me show you where we're shipping stuff out from. Mm-hmm. You need to know that type of stuff. Yep. Even on the simpler form, you need to know, like you said, how to write a check. Because when you're making a $5.2 million deal, you damn sure ain't swiping no debit card. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's changed a little bit now. You know, everything is digital. But, I mean, it, the, the principle is the same. It's you need to have financial literacy early. Yeah. Right? And, and you know, we all know that the system is set up for that not to be the case for a reason. Um, but – uh, you know, that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm going to teach my kids and, you know, I'm teaching my, my nieces and nephews uh, now so that, you know, when they're ready, um, you know, they, they aren't so far behind. You know, they're actually able to be proactive and, and you know, make moves and, and, you know, do things early as opposed to, you know, spending five, six, seven years just trying to, you know, figure out stuff, right, and educate themselves. So Definitely. The education is major, man. Yeah. I think it's a good time to pivot to the last segment of the show. We didn't brief you, normally brief people, but uh, <laughs> we do a segment called What's on Your Timeline, uh, where you we just ask you maybe something about something you've seen on social media or even something that you posted that you thought was like impactful and you want to speak on. I think this this whole chicken debacle is... is <laughs> and i'm a vegetarian so i don't have really any allegiance either way but i think that if you take a step back you see the power that we can have as a community if we all kind of buy into something and, and create kind of create that that energy Right. I mean, there was, I, saw, I read something that said, you know, there was like $24 million of, of uh, marketing generated for Popeye's chicken over the last week, um, you know, from social media. Right. And they're selling out all, the, you know, all the restaurants. And, you know, you see the picture of the lady that was tired, you know, sitting on the bench. I don't know if y'all saw that picture. But, you know, I mean, that just added to the bottom line for that CEO. And, you know, all we got was a chicken sandwich, right? So, um, you know, I, I just think, you know, when you, you know, take a step back and think about how powerful that was and how, you know, if you channel that energy into, let's say, I don't know, Genjin Bros or, or whatever, you know, another, another company, a Black-owned company, um, you know, how powerful that could be. And I look at it the same way. Like a lot of people, because we post about, we posted on it on our page. Like, I bet you won't promote your friend's business like you would for this sandwich. And we got some backlash. Like, oh yeah, oh, we can't just have fun. Why can't we just enjoy the sandwich? My and friends didn't give me bomb chicken sandwiches. Exactly. And it's like we're not even talking about the sandwich. Like, we talking about the friends. If you literally took that energy and you dedicated that same energy toward, say, I'm gonna just use Jay Morrison to his Tulsa real estate fund. Mm. And you created that type of mass awareness about that fund. And every one of those people who bought that chicken at $5 a pop would have invested in that real estate fund. I just want y'all to know our communities and our whole just culture would have been changed just like that off of $5 from everybody who bought one of those pieces of chicken. Because we could have bought so much more property, real estate, and we could have been controlling more within our community. Absolutely. 100% agree with you. Even if you do that within your city, even if you do it within your city, you take $5 from everybody, every black person, and you put it in a pot and you just dedicate it to, instead of gentrification, that's what else I wanted to get on. I hate that we, we're so caught up on gentrification being negative. 
don't even look at it as gentrification. Look at it as beautification of your neighborhood. Right. Because that's all gentrification means is that you're elevating something. Right. We're taking these messed up roads, these messed up houses, these messed up school systems that we have, and we're elevating it and beautifying it to where we can say we're proud for this to be our neighborhood and we're proud to send our kids here. They have this star rating school. Right. I did want to tack on it and just like say too, I think with, with, with like the chicken thing, as far as like even all of it in general, I think we don't understand how much free marketing we give to people. Mm-hmm. Like oh, even cool. when we're, you know, flexing or partying or doing whatever, like you out there with a Henny bottle and you just took a picture of it on Instagram and got a thousand likes. That's an influencer. Like right. you, you're doing the exact same stuff. Like we, we don't. I think we don't think about how much free advertising that we give to big businesses that we also don't turn around and give to other people. Like we don't. We're not mm-hmm. posting these, you know, black on brand T-shirts. Like, oh, look at me flexing. I got this because I got paid on payday. You know what I'm saying? Or like, you know, drip too hard because I'm in this these black on shoes. You know what I mean? Like, we're not saying that. You know, but I don't think we we think about it as the power of that. Yeah. I don't think we understand that we really determine what's cool and what's not cool. Say we the culture. Bruh. We are the culture. That's it. But on something. Like we're, we're you're you're right, and we are the culture. But like we also are like a market, right? And and you know we are a massive market. And I don't I don't know the exact numbers, but you know it's what it's like a trillion dollars in spending a year or something crazy. Like one point. Two, three, something. Number yeah, change every time you hear, man. Right, and we don't appreciate that and understand that enough. You know, we're a more a massive market yeah. for a, a lot of live trends. Yeah, yeah. Every major trend. We we always will talk about this. Me, Jared, uh, and Kelly at the house. Like just the different ways, like the different trends we noticed, and then like the way they were generating capital, mm-hmm. but we would never benefit. Like our culture is never the beneficiary of the different things that we create. Right. That's something we looking to change. That's what these platforms are for. That's what this is about. The Renaissance, man. Yeah. Or even taking it just a tad step further, like even with politics. Like if you look at it, we we know we're a big market because like we we can look at and see when just using an example. I feel like this ain't something anybody should get offended about when Hillary be doing all these. African American dances. She would nay nay and all this other stuff. Like y'all, come on now. We can see it and we label it, but we don't think about it as they're doing this to get the black vote because it's a bunch sure. of us. We're important. Like we don't think about it like that. We don't look at it from a power aspect. We look at it as oh, they can be invited to the barbecue to the cookout. <laughs> I'm sick of the damn cookout. <laughs> We canceling the cookout and we having a seminar instead. God, dog. Yeah, brother on or something. We're having an investor somewhere. For sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're we going to have to talk yeah, to you about yeah, something. We got, we after got, we got, after we get off this camera. So we're going to go ahead. We just, I think it's a good time to wrap things up. Josh, man, we appreciate you coming on the show, my brother. Can you please tell the people where they can find you? <laughs> you can find me on uh, Instagram at Jay Chillington and uh, Twitter at Jay Chillin. And then LinkedIn, obviously, if you, you know, on that platform, it's just my name, Josh Childress. So, yeah. Let's go. We appreciate you again, my brother. Definitely coming through, dropping some gems, uh, just talking about your experiences and what you're doing yeah. for the community. Uh, me on everything that you're working on. I definitely hope that deal goes through and that you're able to do more. And one day we're going to come in and work on a deal with you. Hey, for real. I'm like, this is a. This is love yeah. um, We're going to do a little housekeeping before we end up this episode. Uh, once again, we thank everybody for coming in, listening to us week in and week out. We appreciate all our followers and listeners as the community continues to grow. Um, y'all just go to our website. Constantly, we're just trying to get people to go to the website, enjoy the courses, the resources, all the tools. You're able to connect. You can go to the blog. You can talk to real estate agents. You can do, we're just building a platform for you to able to access 
access tools to build some hey, resources. Man, man, so, look, well, look, man, we're going to hit them with the mission statement, man. Yeah, let's go hit it, hit it. Look, man, our goal is to normalize black, black wealth by providing people with tools and resources to obtain and maintain, maintain generational wealth. That's what we're trying to do. That's what the goal is. That's what Black Wealth Renaissance is all about. So now is a good time to mention the Patreon. Uh, yeah. If you guys are willing, it's something that you really want to, is Black Over Renaissance something that you believe in? You really want to help us get out to more people's cities and start really creating these changes in the community. Uh, that's what the Patreon is for. It's like, it's a, a way to interact with us even further and just get some additional content. It starts out at a dollar a month. That's just the, the waistline. And we have several different packages in there. Uh, Kelly, what's the link? It's patreon.com slash T-H-E-B-W-R. It's patreon.com slash the B-W-R. Jared, you got anything else, Kelly? Shit, I know I got something. You sleep, sleep. Don't forget about the Investor Summit coming in May of 2020. Be on the lookout. More information coming soon. Coming soon. DC, we're coming to you. I do have to do something. Uh, if you are a black business owner, if you have any friends that are black business owners, if you have any services that you offer, please reach out to Black Wealth Renaissance so we can advertise what you do to our following. Uh, I just want to put that out there. A lot of people ask us if we advertise, and yes, we do. We, you know, we're trying to help everybody circulate that black dollar contact. You can also get some advertisement on the uh, podcast too. If you'd like to promote via the podcast, we can throw you in. Just give us a DM or shoot us an uh, email at info at blackwealthrenaissance.com. Info at blackwealthrenaissance.com. Yeah, put this all in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, and please do that. that. You got anything, you know, I'm just saying, please do that. Cause I, I've been looking for like, I tried to look for a black contractor, black architect, you know, all the other things and I couldn't find them, so. We trying to make it. We trying to make it happen. That's it. Yeah. My brother. So look, we, our boy Josh, he, he even looking for it. So if y'all got the skills, y'all send it over. We're trying to be able to expose everybody so we can eat together as a community yeah. and keep the money circulating within our community. So definitely y'all just shoot us y'all information. And on that note, this is Black Black Renaissance. Signing out. Peace. <laughs>